HGWC. Good morning, guys. Isn't it awesome to be in the house of the Lord this morning? If I could have you guys just start coming in and finding your seats. And for those of you in your seats, if you guys could stand up so we can go ahead and start this morning off with our USA Confession. so excited to see all of your guys' face this wonderful Sunday morning. Okay, here we go. Ready? Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And in unity, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's welcome um, each other, give each other hugs and lots of love this morning.
the glory. to say to y'all this morning. So let's go ahead and play that. Hey, family. We love you. Hey, listen, everybody. We wish we were there with you this morning. Uh, We are currently in Miami, Florida. Uh, We have a conference with Pastor Gerald Brooks that we're attending over the next couple of days. Uh, So we we miss you guys so much. And I feel terrible that I couldn't be there with you last Sunday. Uh, But praise God. We will be back really, really soon. We want to encourage you guys uh, with this whole storm situation to stay safe. Our faith is released in Jesus' name uh, for safety for our church family, our community. No harm or damage to anybody. And the Lord's bringing us through it. Uh, Just use wisdom and safety in Jesus' name. And we'll do everything we can uh, on the church level to make sure things are taken care of for you guys. So, Yes, see you soon. All right, we'll see you Wednesday and Sunday. Love you. All right. So nice to be greeted from them in Miami, right? Um, Pastor and Miss P are also away. They are in New York. They will be back in a couple of weeks, okay? So a couple of instructions because they say that we have a storm coming our way, right? So we just want to make sure that everybody's on the same page and knows what to do in case our lights go out and it gets dark in here, okay? First of all, don't panic, guys, okay? Um, If the power goes out, the children are already instructed from upstairs. They will come downstairs, and they will stand right here by the piano. And then me and Miss Summer will be standing over there, and we will check your your stickers and give you your kids, okay? So um, everybody got that plan? Power goes out. Kids are coming downstairs. You will pick them up right here by the piano, okay? Because of the rain and everything, we only have um, nursery going and Jam Junior going this morning, okay? So we get the privilege of having the bigger kids in service with us this morning. There is a big children's church announcement. Are you guys ready for this big children's church announcement? Starting this Wednesday night, parents, your kids will have 
a class to go to and you can sit in service and enjoy service without your kids bugging you and asking to go to the bathroom. Isn't that awesome? Praise the Lord. So the way that's going to work is the younger kids will go to class right away because they're younger and they need to stay busy. But if your child is in second or third grade, or, or, I'm sorry, second to fifth grade, they will stay in service and you got, you parents will worship with those children and then they will be dismissed. When we dismiss them, they will be dismissed to the foyer. So they're going to go out those doors and the teachers will be waiting for them there. Okay. Super, super excited about this. It's going to be great. Men, what is happening on September 2nd? Thank you, Isaac, for being the only one excited about that. I appreciate that. What's going on on September 2nd, men? Men's meeting. And what do you guys call it now? Breakfast, Bibles, and bros. So don't, you don't want to meet, miss that. It's at 9 a.m. in Victory. So come have your breakfast, your bro time, and your Bible time. That's going to be awesome. Women! Yay! Friday night, September 8th at 6.30. We get to have our time back, right? We're going to do our fall kickoff. So I'm super excited about that. Bring, invite some of your friends to come along with you. It's going to be a good time. Um, and we don't want to miss that. I think we were doing casserole. I don't remember. I don't remember. Sorry. I should have paid more attention. I don't remember what we're eating, but you will get an email reminding you of what we're, what we're going to do that night. Also, do we have any married people in the building? Let me talk to the married people for a second, okay? This is a free date night because there's childcare provided. Free childcare provided for your children. So there should be no excuses, married couples, why you are not here. Friday, September 15th from 6.30 to 8.30. And on the info booth is one of these cards. There is a QR code right there that I have been asked that you guys take that has a survey. Okay, please take that survey. That feedback needs to go to Josh and Julie so that they know what you guys want in the future. Also, please make sure that you RSVP. We need to know how many kids we're going to have so we can be prepared because we feed them too. So we want to make sure that we have enough for the kids as well. Okay, so on your way out, you're going to grab one of these, right? And you're going to do the survey with the QR code, right? Are we awake this morning? It's really quiet out there. Okay, I'm blaming the rain, but it's okay. Also, we were planning to have the Harvest Fest fundraiser and ice cream fundraiser today. That is canceled because of the weather. Um, but if you still want to donate something to High Desert Words, uh, I mean to the Harvest Fest, just write that on your envelope. Write that that money is going towards Harvest Fest. Okay. Okay. I think I got through all the announcements. Praise Jesus. We got a lot going on. Do I have any first timers in the house today? Anybody here for the first time or the first time in a long time? I see one that doesn't want to raise her hand, but that's okay. That's okay. We got something special for you. We just want to say thank you for being with us this morning. We love you and we're glad you're here. So if you fill out that little form that we gave you at the end of service, if you see Sabrina, 
She's got a gift for you, okay? With that being said, we have a very special treat. But what time is it right now? It's happy time. And the one, the only, Miss Amazing Leah Mata is going to take up the offering for us this morning. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> oh, thank you, Rylan. <laughs> Good morning, good morning, good morning. I'm moving this Bible off. I don't know whose Bible this is. Room for my Bible. Whose Bible was that, yours? Okay. Get it out of the way. (laughs) All right, you guys. Let's go ahead and open up our Bibles to Leviticus 2730. And if you need an envelope for your tithes and offerings, go ahead and raise your hand. And this great guy over here will get it for you. And this great guy will get it for you. (laughs) They tease me all the time. So now that I have the microphone, I get to tease them. So Leviticus 2730. And today is also Missions Sunday. So if you guys have your missions, go ahead and make sure you mark, mark that on your envelope also. All right. So Leviticus 2730. Oh, I guess I should have opened it up to that too. Oh, it is on the screen. Okay, well, I'll just cheat then. Actually, it's on my paper too. Okay, so one-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord and must be set apart to him as holy. Okay? When we tithe, you guys, we are setting apart holy money. Holy money. And we're giving it back to God, or giving back to God, what was already his in the first place, okay? So when we think about things that are holy, we want to think about what God calls holy, right? And so there's several things that God calls holy in in the Bible. I won't go through all of them, but we're going to go through a couple of them. One of them is the name of God. So the name of God is holy. Human life is holy. Marriage is holy. The Sabbath is holy. And God calls the tithe holy, you guys. And it's holy because it belongs to him, okay? It's our weapon. It's a weapon, you right, okay, in our spiritual warfare, okay? It's a defense against the enemy, according to Malachi 3.11. And the tithe is holy because God called it holy, right? Okay, so when we're bringing up or when we're filling out our envelopes or when we're putting money into the envelopes or when we're bringing up those envelopes, I want you guys to remember as you're touching that envelope that that is holy money that was set apart for the Lord, okay? It belonged to him, and all we're doing is giving it back to him. So as you're bringing it up here, you know, make sure you're confessing over it. You know, make sure you're praying over it. Make sure you're believing what the word says about that holy money, okay? And make sure you're honoring, being honoring of it. You're not just coming up here and just throwing it in the bucket, You're actually saying, thank you, Jesus. You know, thank you, Lord, for giving me this opportunity to give back to you what already belongs to you, okay? And um, like I said before, it never belonged to us anyways. So if you're keeping it, that's no good. No good. That's holy money that you're trying to keep. So the tithe is one-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees. It belongs to the Lord and must be set apart to him as holy. So one-tenth of what you make goes back to the Lord because it was his in the first place. So with that being said, does everybody have their envelopes? Everybody ready? We're going to say our financial faith confession. 
Y'all ready? Let's go ahead and stand up then. All right. You two gentlemen in the back. (laughs) All right. So as we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today... can walk, walk on the water. No one, no one, 
heal all our sins and diseases. No one, no one, no one. Who else can walk, walk on the water? No one, no one, no one. Who else can answer, answer by fire? tallest of giants no one no one no one uh, who else can silence the roar of the lion no one no one no one uh, who else is worthy worthy of worship no one no one no one uh, who else is worthy worthy of worship there will be no other god for you there will be no other God before you there is no one above you no one beside you nobody like you there will be no other God before you no one no one no one
it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. Sing that one more time. Just raise your voices to the Lord. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Father God, in Jesus' name, we just worship you today, Lord God, and we thank you, Lord, that you are the waymaker, you are the miracle worker. And your word tells us that we walk by faith, Lord, and not by sight. So, even if we don't see things with our physical senses, Lord God, we're still knowing that you're working, Lord God, because we have that faith, Lord. And today, Lord, we just ask that as we get ready to move into the word, that you would just help us all to have attentive hearts, attentive minds, Lord God, and keep ourselves just completely focused on you so that we can receive everything that you have for us today. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. You can make your way back to your seats if you want.
All right. Well, good morning, everyone. Well, as, uh, as Des said earlier, Pastor and Mrs. P are in New York with my younger brother, Joe. And if I'd known that all it took to get your parents to visit you was have kids, maybe I'd have had a couple. Just kidding. No, um, probably most of you know my wife and I have five boys, and we have plenty of kids, so we're doing fine there. And then uh, Pastor Dave and Katie uh, are, of all places, on Hurricane Weekend there in Miami uh, for a pastor's conference, which is, you know, it seems backwards going to Miami, and then we're the ones getting hit with the hurricane, which uh, when I moved to uh, Barstow, I think that was like probably the last thing on my list that I thought we would have to worry about is hurricanes. But you know what? Here we are. Here we are. So... uh, I'm Pastor Josh. I'm uh, Pastor Dave, believe it or not, I'm his older brother. So all the good stuff that he does, he actually learned from me. So don't let him tell you otherwise, because he'll try to tell you that it's all from him or from dad, but it's from me. Um, And uh, since all of the other pastors are out of town today, I'm going to uh, preach the word of God to us this morning. Um, In fact, let's go ahead and let me just pray just to, uh, to get ourselves in the right mind. Uh, Father God, in Jesus' name, as I get ready to bring forth your word today, Lord, I just ask that your Holy Spirit would be here with me, that I would speak the words that he would have me speak, Lord God, and that I'm not speaking my own words, but instead I'm speaking the words that that he would have me to speak, and that ultimately, at the end of the day, I'm not bringing any attention or glory to myself, but all the honor and glory goes to you, and I ask it all in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, um, a couple of weeks ago... Uh, Pastor Dave told me he was going to be out of town this weekend, and he told me that uh, mom and dad were also going to be out of town, so he's like, I need you to preach. And so, for once, I was, a lot of times my wife hates it because I wing things. I do things at the last minute, but I'm like, for once, I am not going to wing this. I, like, I took some time. I studied. I had a really awesome, brilliant, well, I think it was brilliant, message. Uh, and then, uh, so I had it two weeks ago. I had my, my PowerPoint on the screen and everything, and then yesterday... Uh, I just really felt the Holy Spirit telling me in my heart that I needed to preach something different today. So much to my wife's chagrin, I'm going to, I did study for this message, but it's more winged than the one that I had put two weeks of effort into. But um, I think that this one is the one the Holy Spirit wants us to listen to today. And um, since we've been talking about grown-ups, today we're going to talk about grown-ups don't blame God. Grown-ups don't blame God. In fact, uh, in honor of my father, I forgot about this. Uh, he always likes us because there's always books in the bookstore that cover a lot of the topics we preach about. And I was looking through the bookstore. There's actually a book in the bookstore. I forgot to tell the media team, so you'll just have to squint and look at this book up here. But it's called Don't Blame God by uh, Reverend Kenneth E. Hagan. And you can get them in the bookstore. It's like I read it myself last night when I found out that we actually have a book. So I wrote my message, and then I studied a book on the topic after I wrote the message. Like, wow, that's really good. So I think everybody should pick up one of these. They're only like $1.50 in the bookstore. It's called Don't Blame God. So uh, grab one of those. But the place where this message came from, in fact, uh, sorry, I'm not used to preaching all the time. So if you need a handout that has the sermon outline, raise your hand, uh, and it's got the notes so you can follow along. And Robert or Walt or one of the ushers will get you hooked up. Um, the reason that this uh, topic came up, though, is uh, 
you know, we're watching the news and, and, and they keep talking about the hurricane and stuff and they always call it, you know, an act of God. And I got to thinking, well, is it really an act of God when you have like these destructive things come through? And so I thought that today it might be a good idea for us to, uh, to dive into that a little bit deeper. And so um, if you've got your outline there, uh, it's grumps don't blame God. The first thing I want to talk about is just to establish so that we're all clear. Number one, only good things come from God. Only good things come from God. And I want us to uh, flip over real quick, if you can, with me to Psalm 103. Psalm 103. And we're going to read a couple of verses from there. And there's really one verse I wanted to read out of this chapter. But the whole chapter is so good that I thought it wouldn't hurt us to just read the first five verses. So uh, flip over there. This is just uh, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. It's got so much good stuff in it. Um, we'll start with verse 1. And uh, this one, I'm in the New King James Version. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, Bless his holy name. Verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, or forgives all your sins. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I love in verse 5, uh, it says, who satisfies your mouth with good things, with good things. And in the New, uh, the New Living Translation, it, it actually says, he fills my life with good things. So the Lord fills our life with good things, not with bad things, not with these crazy things we see. Um, flip over in Psalms to uh, chapter 16. Uh, there's another verse there. You I just picked and chose a couple, but the Lord only gives us good things, and that's what we see all throughout the Bible. Psalm chapter 16 and verse 2, it says, I said to the Lord, you are my master. Every good thing I have comes from you. Every good thing I have comes from you. So that's the same thing we were just seeing earlier. In Psalm 103, it says he fills our life with good things. And here in another verse, it says that every good thing we have comes from him. And then, uh, if we can, we're just to show you that it's in the New Testament as well. Let's flip all the way over to the book of James, chapter 1. James chapter 1. And this... Uh, this verse is one that uh, means a lot to me and Julie, actually, my wife, because uh, when we were uh, trying, uh, when we were getting ready to have our first child, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't know how the mind of women work, but you know, probably maybe it's a fear in a lot of women's minds, like I hope I can even have kids or whatever. And so uh, at one point we had had like a miscarriage or something, so she starts to really doubt in her heart that we're uh, that she's able to have kids. And so we stood on this verse. We, uh, let's flip over there and read it. Uh, James chapter 1, verse 17. It says, Whatever is good 
and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. And so uh, as Julie and I were praying and believing uh, to have our, our child, we started believing, you know, every good and perfect gift is a gift from God. And there's another verse in the Psalms that says that children are a gift from the Lord. So we said, Lord, you want us to have children. It's a gift from you. And you said that you send us good and perfect gifts. So uh, we prayed on that and stood on that. And then here we are like seven years later with five kids. So don't, uh, don't pray too hard on that one unless you want five kids. But my main point with this verse is it says that every good and perfect gift comes from our God. The Lord doesn't send us bad things. The Lord sends us good things. Only good things come from God. But as we look around us, we do no doubt see that there are bad things in this world. So if good things come from God, then where do bad things come from? And so uh, I want to talk. This is where I'm going to spend most of my time today is... Uh, three different areas where bad things come from in our lives. Um, the first one is probably obvious to most people. The first place that bad things come from is Satan. Um, let's all flip over, if we can, to John 10, verse 10. Everybody, I think that when you uh, become a member at this church, they make you memorize this verse or something, I don't know. If not, they should. But this is one of our church's like life verses that uh, we quote all the time here, but I'm going to read it today out of the New Living Translation just so we get a little bit of a different feel for it. John chapter 10, verse 10, and it says here, The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. And the thief, of course, meaning Satan. And then back to our previous point of good things coming from God, Jesus said, My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. So Satan is the one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So anytime you see something that has to do with stealing, killing, destroying, just know that comes from Satan. He's the one that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And not only is Satan's purpose to steal, kill, and destroy, but he actually... Unfortunately, in most people's lives, he actually has the authority to steal, kill, and destroy. Because, and this one might be a shock to some people, but contrary to popular belief, Satan is actually the god of this current world. And I can show that to you in scripture. Flip over with me to 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4. Um, currently, uh, Satan is the God of this world, and uh, that's why he's able to do all of these crazy things. Second Corinthians 4, verse 4. And it says, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. So it says right here that Satan is actually the God of the world currently, which is so crazy to believe. But 
I want to just take a minute, because that, since it's so crazy to believe, I just want us to see for a minute how that came about. Um, when God first created the world all the way back in the book of Genesis, in fact, start flipping over to the book of Genesis if you want. When God created the world, God didn't leave himself in charge. He actually left Adam in charge of the world. Um, and I'll show that to you over here in Genesis chapter 1, <clears throat> verse uh, 27. And I'll read it to you. It says, So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. So right here, he's telling Adam, hey, you're in charge of governing this earth. He says, uh, reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. So when God created the world, he put Adam in charge. He said, you're supposed to govern it. You're supposed to reign over all the animals. Adam, you're in charge. And he only gave Adam and Eve one rule. Does anybody know what that one rule is? He said, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And, uh, you know, sometimes uh, maybe we wonder, why did God even give them this choice, this option here? And we'll talk about that in a few minutes, so keep that in the back of your mind. But God gets said, there's only one rule. You can, all the animals are yours, all the fruit is yours, just stay away from this one tree. And most of us know... The way the story went, uh, Satan took the form of a serpent and tricked Eve into eating from the one tree that she was not supposed to. And when that happened, Adam took all of his authority that he had and turned it over to Satan. So God gave the authority to Adam, and then Adam took it over and gave it to Satan, which made Satan the god of this world. Uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 12 it says, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. So Adam was the first man when he sinned. It was like we all sinned. So when Adam turned that authority over, it brought death and destruction and all these evil things in the world that weren't here. If not for this, Adam would never have gotten sick. Adam would never have died. None of this uh, crazy weather stuff we see would have been here. Uh, but it all happened when Adam turned his authority over to Satan. And we've already seen that Satan's whole mission and purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. So he has full reign to do all of that stuff now in most people's lives because Adam gave him that authority. Adam was given the authority by God. And then Adam turned it over to Satan. Um, so, since Satan is now the god of this world, um, as I was thinking about what got me on this topic yesterday, uh, I put it on the screen there, but, you know, we always see people that say, you know, it's an act of God. But I think uh, it would be more appropriate to say it's an act of God. You'll notice the little g. When we use... The little g, we're referring to a false god or, or to Satan. When we use the big g in God, we're talking about the one true God. 
So this is not these like these destructive hurricanes or whatever. They don't come from God. They come from the God of this world. And, and you can see an example of that uh, in the Gospels. Uh, whenever uh, Jesus and his disciples were in a boat and that crazy storm hit, and it's about and the disciples are all scared out of their minds because they think the ship is going to sink or whatever. And um, this must have been one crazy storm because these are all professional sailors. If it was just raining, like I was looking out the window earlier and it's not raining that bad at the moment. If it was raining like that, I don't think these professional sailors would be freaking out. It must have been crazy for these sailors to be freaking out at this storm. But what did Jesus do when he when there was a crazy destructive storm? He got up and he rebuked that storm. If these destructive storms came from God, if God was the one that sent this storm, then Jesus would not have rebuked it. Because there's other verses that say Jesus said that a kingdom that's divided against itself can't stand. So if God's up here, Jesus and God are on the same team, if God's up here sending storms and Jesus is down here rebuking them, they are not on the same page at all. And so that lets us know that this destructive storm did not come from God. It came from Satan. Because God uh, came out, uh, there's another uh, verse that says that Jesus came to destroy all the works of Satan. So if he's out here rebuking these crazy things that Satan sends, he's not out there rebuking storms that came from God. It came from Satan. So bad things come from Satan. But... There's another place where bad things come from. And this is one uh, that maybe we don't always think about. But bad things come from other people. We're not alone in this world. I mean, there's other people around us everywhere. Um, And other people are free to choose to act how they want. And unfortunately, most people choose to be slaves to sin. Flip over um, to Romans chapter 6, if you can, with me real quick. And we'll just take a look at this for a minute. Chapter 6, and once you get there, you can move down to verse uh, 16 and 17. In Romans 6... And it says, don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God for all of us. Once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching that we have given you. So you can see here that if you choose to live in sin, you become a slave to that sin. Um, And we can see Jesus said uh, that that broad is the way that leads to destruction and narrow is the way that leads to life. So that lets us know that the majority of people are choosing to live this are choosing to live this life of sin. Now, um, flip over with me real quick to Galatians 
chapter 5. I've got lots of verses today because sometimes this can be a controversial topic. I want to just make sure everybody can see that I'm not just pulling this out of midair. Galatians chapter 5, um, and I'm just going to show you some of the things that rule people's lives uh, when they choose to give their lives over to sin. Um, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 19 through 21. And this is uh, Pastor Dave. Sometimes when he reads it, he says he hates reading this verse because it's just full of all the, the craziest, nastiest things you can think of. Um, but these are called the works of the flesh or the works of the sinful nature. These are the types of things that you see in your life when you choose to be a slave to sin. It says, uh, verse 19, When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So you can see, a lot of the bad things that happen in this world are because people choose to act on these things. People choose, uh, you know, I was thinking like drunkenness. People drunk choose to drink and drive, and then that just... That can cause all sorts of bad things. And ultimately that all starts from Satan. But these people are choosing to drink and get in their car and drive. So these other people are causing bad things. Uh, envy, uh, selfish ambition, hostility, quarreling, outburst of anger. All of these things are things that other people do that cause bad things to happen. Other people are free to choose to do all of these evil things. Now, um, God allows us to make all of our own choices, and we can see that from the fact that not everybody tithes. If God wanted us to, He could just force all of us to tithe. He'd force every single person to be here, even though it's raining a little bit outside, and we everybody would be here today. But God lets us make our own choices. Why does God allow us to do that? And this goes back to what I was talking about with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil earlier. God lets us make our own choices because even though He could have, when He created man, He could have made emotionless robots that have no choice but to love Him and worship Him. But instead, He chose to create us with our own free will. And I think that the reason because He did that is because really... True love can't exist without free will or without the ability to choose. It's not really true love if you're just a robot that has no choice. But when you have that choice, and that's what really just pleases the Lord. When you have the choice and you choose to tithe, you choose to come to church, you choose to love, that's when it's real true worship to Him. Because we're doing it not because He forced us to, but because we want to. And that's... That's why he gave us that free will. That's why he gave Adam and Eve the, the choice. He's like, you know what? I give you all these good things. But I give you one bad thing just because so that there's a, you have the choice. They had to have a choice. Otherwise, 
he, they couldn't have that true love. So they had that choice. And it still rings true today. People still have the choice to live for the Lord or to do all those crazy things we just read. And since broad is the way that leads to destruction, the majority of people choose that crazy list we just read rather than choosing to serve the Lord. There is another place, though, that bad things come from uh, other than from Satan and from other people. And this one is a big one. The third thing that bad things come from is they come from you. (laughs) Flip over with me to Galatians chapter uh, 6. I think it's just one page over from where we just were. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 and verse 8. It says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap life Uh, everlasting life. So in your own life, if you, it says that whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. If you're constantly sowing bad seeds, you are going to bring bad things into your life. If you smoke three packs of cigarettes a day, there's a decent chance that you will end up with lung cancer and die. And honestly, in that case, we can't say that Satan sent that into your life. We can't even say that other people sent that into your life. You made that poor choice and brought it onto yourself. If you eat a bucket of KFC every single day, there's a decent chance you'll end up weighing 400 pounds and getting diabetes and heart disease. And that didn't come from other people. That didn't come from Satan. That came from you choosing to eat a bucket of KFC every day. Or in my case, eating a boatload of tacos every day. Which I'm working on. You all can pray for me there. But if you spend your entire life making bad choices, it will eventually catch up to you. If you uh, It says, uh, if you sow to the flesh, you'll leap, corrupt, reap corruption. If you sow to the Spirit, then you reap everlasting life. If you want good things in your life, you have to sow good seeds. Now, I know that not all of us have lived for the Lord forever, so some of us have a whole lifetime of bad seeds behind us. But you just have to pray that the Lord will just cause those crops to fail, cause them to not grow up once you turn your life over to the Lord, because it doesn't happen automatically, you know. You have to start living right today and just pray that you've got a new start going forward. The Bible does say that when you're in Christ, you're a new creature. All the old things are passed away. All things are become new. But if you spent the last 40 years smoking, that doesn't mean that you haven't sown those bad seeds. You have to pray that the Lord's just gonna, gonna help you there with all of that. Um, flip over with me real quick to James chapter one. James chapter one. And sorry, I'm trying to go quick today. They, Pastor Dave told me I only, that I had to try and get you guys out of here in an hour. We're already at the hour mark, so I'm trying, I'm trying. 
I know there's lots of kids in here, and they're all actually being really, really good. Surprised I haven't seen like kids screaming or running around. So, especially my own kids. Usually they're the ones that uh, sometimes they think they own the place since they get to come here early with me and stuff. So, wherever they are, thank you, my children, for behaving. Uh, James chapter 1. It says uh, in verse 13. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. So these crazy desires, they're our own desires. God doesn't put these things in our life. We're the ones that have these crazy desires. And uh, verse 15, it says, if you give in to these desires, they give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So you can bring death into your own life by sowing these bad seeds and giving in to all of these uh, crazy things. So we've seen today that um, good things come from God and bad things come from Satan, of course, and from other people. And they can also we can also bring bad things into our own life. Since we can see that God's not the source of these bad things, but we do see bad things around us, what we need to do is when you see bad things, you don't blame God. Instead, you need to turn to God. And that's my third point here. You want to turn to God. Let's see if we can... Uh, here's a, a challenge for you. Let's see if we can find the book of Nahum. For those of you that brought your Bibles. Here, I'll see if I can find it too. I brought my Bible today. Usually I preach off of my notes, but... This is one of Pastor Dave's favorite verses. He always reads this one to us. But I think it's a perfect verse for what we're going through today. Nahum... And we'll go down to chapter 1. Here we go. Nahum chapter 1 and verse 7. It says, The Lord is good, just like we've been talking about all day. The Lord is good. He's a strong refuge when trouble comes. He is close to those who trust in Him. So when trouble comes, we need to turn to the Lord. He's a strong refuge in this in times of trouble. He never said that trouble wouldn't come, but He said that when it does come, you can turn to Him. He's a refuge when trouble comes. He's close to those who trust in Him. Uh, we can see... Uh, also in Second in Peter, that God says He's not willing for anyone to perish. Uh, it says in Second Peter three nine, the Lord isn't being slow about His promise, as some people think. He's being patient for your sake. He does not anyone not want anyone to be destroyed. He wants everyone to repent. So God, even though there's trouble and destruction around us, the Lord doesn't have that for us. He wants us to repent and turn to Him so that we can have this everlasting life, so we can have all these good things that He's promised us in the Word. 
Turn to the Lord rather than running from Him when bad things come. Now, trying to, to get us going here, but uh, I'll get ready to wrap up here in just a second. But a closing caveat I wrote down is that just remember this study is a high level look at things. There, will, there are sometimes things that happen that we just don't truly understand. Um, 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 12, um, it says, and I'll read it to you just for time because I'm trying to keep my word to Pastor Dave. Can't lie to the senior pastor or else he won't let me up here again. Um, it says, Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. Then mean like when we get to heaven. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then, then I will know everything completely, just as God knows me completely. So currently we don't always know everything. Sometimes things are puzzling. But uh, eventually we'll know everything perfectly. And actually, I'm going to read one more verse, and they won't have this one on the screen. Uh, this was when I was reading that book last night uh, that I showed you guys earlier. It had this scripture in there, and I thought this scripture was really cool, and it kind of nails home what I'm talking about here. About sometimes there are things that we just really don't understand. Uh, it's Deuteronomy chapter 29 and verse 29. It says, "The Lord our God has secrets known to no one. We are not accountable for them." But we and our children are accountable forever for all that he has revealed to us so that we may obey all the terms of his, these instructions. So there are some things that we just really don't know, but the Bible says we're not accountable for those things. What we are accountable for are the things that we do know. And so bottom line, if you see something good in your life or good going on, Good equals from God. I think I put that on the screen there if she wants to put that there. Good equals from God and bad equals from Satan. So that's, even if you don't understand something, just keep in mind, if it's good, it's from God. If it's bad, it's from Satan. And uh, let's look real quick one more time at John 10.10. 10. I'll have her put it on the screen. We'll read it in the New King James since that's what uh, most of us have memorized it in. And for the rest of you, I think that this would be a good verse for us all to memorize. Because when you see bad stuff coming, or good stuff, this lets you know right away where it's from. It says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy... Jesus came that we can have abundant life. Amen. If you want, uh, went past what Pastor Dave told me I was allowed to do, but nobody tell him and we'll just keep going. Let's all stand up if you want to. I'm going to have uh, my worship. I'm going to have Alex and, and Ilea come up and we're going to worship the Lord together. Amen. Amen. Let's stand up and we'll go ahead and have the prayer team come up if they want. Let me wake my way down here real quick. So what we like to do at the close of every service is just, uh, if anybody wants prayer for anything at all, then you can come up. We've got lots of 
qualified people that would love to pray for you. If you haven't ever turned your life over to God, and you're wondering why you have all of these crazy things going on in your life, come have one of us pray for you. We will, we will uh, lead you to the Lord, and you can repent and get your life on the right track. And then you can start seeing these good things that the Lord promised for those who serve Him. But uh, let's go ahead and, if you guys are ready, let's have you just worship the Lord for a minute. If you want prayer, come up and see one of us, and then we'll we'll get get going. So go ahead, guys.
just sing that one more time. Sing Waymaker. You are the Waymaker, miracle God in Jesus name we thank you Lord once again that you are the way maker Lord God you are the miracle worker Lord God and you're the promise keeper if you've said it in your word we know that you keep your promises Lord so we don't even have to worry about it for those that we've prayed for today Lord we know we have the word that we're standing on and you keep those promises every time Lord uh, even if it doesn't seem like we're seeing it Lord God we trust you we trust your word we walk by faith and not by sight and as we get ready to go our separate ways, Lord, we just ask uh, that you keep us safe, that you'd uh, just help us to take the word we heard it today and apply it to our lives. Help us to remember that if we see good things, that you're not the one that sends uh, 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 evil things in our life. You see, you send good things, Lord God. If we see bad things, we're not going to blame you for them, Lord God. We're going to realize that they come from Satan. Or if we're doing something to bring it into our lives, we're just going to turn ourselves around and get ourselves back on the right path. And we thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, um, uh, we'll get ready to say the Barstow Faith Confession. Um, just a quick announcement. At the moment, as I'm looking out the window. The wind and the rain doesn't look that bad. At the moment, Pastor Dave told me he wants us to plan on still having service tonight. But if it starts acting crazy later, just keep an eye on our social media and we'll let you know if they're going to cancel service tonight. And he'll even send out uh, a group text to everybody if we're going to cancel. But if this is all the worst it's going to be, we may as well come to church together and worship the Lord. In my opinion. Amen. So let's go ahead and say the Barstow Faith Confession together. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering, Barstow is safe, Barstow is strong, Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation, Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace, Barstow is full of the glory of God, Barstow is coming to Jesus, Barstow is saved, in Jesus' name, amen. And you're dismissed. Stay safe out there.